Hey guys, it's Dr. Childs here, um, and today I want to talk to you guys about how to find a good thyroid doctor, and then also give you guys some tips and tricks that I think will be helpful um, when to use when you're looking uh, for a new physician. And this is definitely one of the most common questions that I get asked. Um, patients usually come uh, to me or or they leave comments or they send emails and they say I'm trying to work with my doctor um, how can I get them to do this or how can I get them to uh, order these labs or use this medication and almost always if you have to ask that question it that right there is a pretty good indication that whoever you're working with is probably not somebody who's going to be thinking in the right way or who's going to look at your thyroid in the right way so let's talk about um, some of these things and, and sort of uh, get started so first of all um, I pose the question and by the way if you want to um, read this article in detail um, you can go to my website and uh, it, it's uh, it's a blog post here so we're just going to be touching on some of the highlights here but I would recommend that you probably read through it um, so that you have a, a pretty good understanding of what it is that we're talking about so I pose the question first are you dealing with thyroid problems or, or issues or something like that because the what believe it or not one of the biggest issues that a lot of patients have is getting diagnosed correctly and so what that means is um, we have a current uh, treatment paradigm of the thyroid um, and in that paradigm there are certain uh, rules and algorithms that doctors follow to sort of categorize uh, uh, patients and when you get categorized as thyroid um, as having a thyroid problem then you undergo the treatment okay so it sounds it sounds good until you realize that there might be some issues with that categorization um, algorithm okay so what that means is there might be a significant amount of people or individuals who really do have thyroid issues but who are not being lumped into the category um, the right category meaning uh, the right one that says that they do have them so we have this this sort of a weird scenario in which many people um, believe that they have thyroid issues and and they probably do um, but they're not getting adequate treatment for it okay and so this is probably one of the biggest barriers I think um, for a lot of patients because they might um, read blogs such as mine or, or others that are out there that um, discuss symptoms of that, that somebody might experience if they have thyroid issues and they probably have a lot of those symptoms and and so uh, that leads them to believe they have thyroid disease but then when they go into their doctor or they get the tests the tests come back and they say no sorry you don't and so it doesn't necessarily mean that they don't it means that we might have to look at how they are determining if you have the diagnosis and that that is one of the big issues that we're going to be talking about um, in just a moment so we'll, we'll talk about the, the so I think there's five or six tips that I give you about um, how doctors should be looking at thyroid disease um, and if they follow fall into these categories that they're probably going to be able to treat you adequately so I want to read something here so um, the prevailing conventional thought is that thyroid disease is easily treated and this is this is, um, goes back to some of the physicians that I was talking about that the treatment is essentially the same for all patients and that if you continue to experience symptoms despite following um, the current treatment paradigm that those symptoms must be related to some other cause such as depression or anxiety so that in a nutshell is the way that I describe the current uh, treatment paradigm as it relates to thyroid. Now I have other um, blog posts and videos that, that discuss why the thyroid is much more complex than that, but I want to just start by laying that as the groundwork here. Now it turns out that there are probably 
Well, there are many factors, and I'm, I don't go over them all here, but there are um, other factors that play a role in the uh, individual treatment of each person. And so some of these roles include um, genetic factors, environmental fla factors, such as um, your social, social situation, how much stress you're under, um, and other factors such as how the thyroid is functioning at every stage in, in, um, um, from start to finish, from thyroid production through to thyroid activation of the cells. So all of these things really need to be taken into account when you're, when you're determining if somebody needs to be treated and how they should be treated. Okay, so um, I just want to make sure you guys understand that concept that not everyone is going to be looking at your thyroid in the same way. So I, I sort of you know, make a, a simple distinction here. There is, there's the conventional thought, and that is all of the doctors, well, most doctors, such as family practice physicians and endocrinologists, and a lot of the, the way that they, the reason they look at the thyroid in the same way is because they all underwent the same training. Um, and then there's the, so we'll, we'll just call it the unconventional thought or, or integrative or functional thought, and that's just a different way of looking at the thyroid. Now, you can't go, you can't really go into your doctor and hope that your conventional doctor thinks the way that you want them to. It's never going to work that way. This, the, the reason that you're being treated a certain way is because whoever, whichever doctor you're using, this is something that they have probably been doing for years. Okay. And so when you come into them and sort of ask them to treat you in a different way, it just never goes over well. Okay. So this is why I'm just trying to help explain why that this, this, uh, uh, the paradigm exists. So let's talk about what makes a thyroid doctor good. And before I do that, I want to suggest to you something, and that, and that is this. If you are struggling with your current physician, if they're not listening to you, or you don't feel like maybe they're taking you seriously, or whatever the, whatever the issue is, you know, that you don't feel like you're getting the best treatment that you, that you possibly could, you really ought to consider finding somebody else. Okay. And I say that because just by virtue of how important um, the thyroid is to your whole body, a small change to thyroid uh, function may manifest as really extreme symptoms in you, okay? And these will affect your quality of life. So if you're not able to function because you have a lot of fatigue or because you're gaining a lot of weight or whatever it is, it's not worth dealing with those symptoms for years while you try to convince some doctor to treat you in some different way. Okay, so remember to put yourself first. This is for, first and foremost about you. It's about you feeling good. Um, and I really want to get that point across because I don't feel like I've been able to adequately um, put that forth in some of the comments that, comments that people have left me and things like this. So um, really at the end of the day, you are the number one most important thing. And if I could, um, I would do my best to help you you know, fix all these problems. It's just not feasible. There's, there's so many um, people that, that unfortunately need the help that they're just not getting it. But instead, I think that I can give you a couple of, um, a couple of tips and pointers um, that you should or things that you should look for in doctors going forward so that you can get that the help that you need okay so the first one is um, the willingness to explore medications outside of level thyroxine okay and so if you're you're new to thyroid or if you're new to thyroid treatment uh, I'll just sort of give you the abbreviated version here but basically what I mean is this there are many medications that can be used to treat um, hypothyroidism and and what that means is if you have a sluggish thyroid and, and such but what you will find is despite the fact that there are, are at least three different uh, medications or, or categories of medications um, almost like universally if you go into a doctor's office they're only using one 
okay? And it doesn't even make sense when you think about it because in all other fields of medicine, like let's take blood pressure for instance, there's a, a plethora of different medications that fall into different categories and doctors will frequently shuffle them out if one's not working. But this same logic does not apply to the thyroid. I don't know why, it just, it's just the way that it is. But it doesn't have to be that way. So simply just looking at uh, the type of medication that you're using and maybe just switching it, even if it go, even if you stay in a T4 medication only category, something like going from levothyroxine to tyrosine, is enough to improve or reduce the symptoms that a lot of people have. So if your doctor is adamant about not even looking into other medications, then it might be a good sign that you might just want to go to somebody who's just more willing to listen. I mean, if you if you put forth a reasonable request such as, hey, I'm on 100 micrograms of um, level thyroxine, and I'm interested in simply switching to 100 micrograms of tyrosine. These are the exact same active ingredients, level th or, um, uh, T4 medication for T4 medication, and your doctor just won't do it, then, you know, that that's just kind of being stubborn for the sake of being stubborn. Um, so this is what I'm saying here. Now, beyond beyond uh, T4-only medications, there are other medications such as um, T3, T4 combos, um, natural desiccated thyroid, armor thyroid, WP thyroid, etc., and then another class of medications which uh, includes T3-only medications. So uh, the big picture view here would be that there are three categories that you can look at, the T4-onlys, the T3, T4 combos, and the T3-onlys. Now, I'm not going to get into the specifics of those medications right now, I just want you to know that there are a lot of different options available. And sometimes it really is just as easy as switching from one medication to the other. And um, I use the Tyrosin example, but the same thing is true for Armour Thyroid, WP Thyroid, and Nature Thyroid. I've had many patients come to me already on Armour Thyroid, then they're just not doing as well as they as they would like or you know perhaps it worked better previously or you know any number of reasons and if you just switch them from or and I've done this and I've seen, I've seen the success simply switching them from armor to WP thyroid the same dose not even not even altering the dose that's enough to 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 improve their symptoms and a lot of this probably has to do with the way that that level of thyroxine, or any thyroid medication for that matter, is absorbed in the gastrointestinal tract and probably has a lot to do with the fillers and binders that each medication has. So uh, some medications I describe as being cleaner than others. And so these, these medications um, have fewer inactive binders and fillers, and therefore they're probably um, easily or more easily absorbed and therefore more readily available in some individuals. This isn't true of everyone, but it is for some. But again, if your doctor is just unwilling to even consider that that's a fact, uh, that's an issue, then you know you may have a problem. So what I've done here is I've um, provided links that you can go through. Um, I have in-depth articles on all of these different thyroid medications that you can look at, um, and I would encourage you to do so because uh, I sort of break down when you should consider using medications, how to kind of think about when you want to be switching medication types and between categories and subcategories and things like that. Um, but that's definitely something that, I, you know, if, if you're new to this, that you might want to look into that. The second thing uh, to look for is a willingness to order um, what I describe here as the com uh, complete thyroid lab panel or complete thyroid lab test. Now, um, let me just, to draw a distinction here, I'm going to describe the conventional process and then the um, uh, the more I, I call it integrative functional but you know you could call it whatever you want just a different approach so the the standard sort of uh, way that doctors look at um, thyroid and the way that they order tests is they order uh, usually 
just uh, one and then maybe another. The first one that they order is called TSH and that stands for um, thyroid stimulating hormone and that basically gives you uh, the doctor some idea as to what is happening at your pituitary. The next test that they will sometimes order uh, depending on what the TSH shows is a free T4. So the logic is that if we if we know what um, is happening at the pituitary and we know what the free T4 level is then we can alter our doses and we don't need anything else. Now what might happen is you come in with all the symptoms that I discussed previously. You come to your doctor and you say, I'm fatigued, I have weight gain, I have uh, constipation, cold intolerance, my hair is falling out, yada, yada, yada. You say all these things and the doctor orders your lab tests and you don't really even know what he's do he or she is doing. And then they look at the test. They may not even show you and they just say, oh, no, it's normal. And so you just, you walk away confused. Now, what they're probably doing is just ordering the test that I talked about. Now, what may surprise some of you is that there are actually a lot more thyroid tests um, that, you, that you probably, well, first of all, there are a lot more tests that exist, period. And, and these tests give you more information than just uh, the TSH and the free T4 can. So I've included um, these tests, which I want to talk about for a minute. But um, before I do that, I want to talk about why or, or the, the benefit of getting ex excessive testing, what it helps you understand. So first of all, when a doctor orders just the TSH, it just is evaluating basically what your brain is perceiving um, in the bloodstream, how much thyroid is available. So that that's the basically the pituitary's evaluation of your body, okay? And that's good. There's some benefit to that. But, but the, as complex as the thyroid system is, you really shouldn't and probably can't, to be to be honest, probably can't, use one test to evaluate a at least six-step system. It just doesn't make any sense. Um, so instead, you can order other testing, which we'll go over in just a second, that help you understand um, and evaluate things like thyroid conversion. So how how is your body utilizing the thyroid hormone that is existing and is it turning it in, in is it taking the inactive form and turning it into the active form and if it is doing that to what degree how efficient is it in doing that right it matters it matters a lot so the next thing is um, evaluating the free thyroid hormone concentrations and these these uh, free thyroid hormones help give you an idea as to what how much of the thyroid hormone is actually available to be used in the body. So uh, thyroid can float around um, in your bloodstream either as a free entity, which means it's available to, do act to, to activate cellular transcription, or it can be bound to proteins and just being transported from one place to the other. Now, when you look at these things, it matters because one of them is not really active and the other potentially is. Now, like I said, it has potential. It doesn't have activity by itself, though. So that's why you look at both free uh, uh, thyroid hormone concentrations of free T3 and free T4. The next one that a lot of uh, physicians forego or just simply don't order is the evaluation of thyroid autoantibodies. Now, the presence of these antibodies may indicate that you have an autoimmune condition, um, and which basically is, well, we, we'll just call it autoimmune thyroiditis or, or Hashimoto's for, for this uh, conversation, but basically what could be happening is if you have those, your body is attacking itself and destroying its own thyroid gland. So, this may explain why you have the symptoms. So it's very important to have. And then also the antibodies themselves help give insight as to, or they help uh, elaborate on risk factors such as uh, certain cancers and, and certain symptoms and things like that. Um, and then the other thing is some of the thyroid tests will allow you or you have the consideration of certain nutrient deficiencies that have an impact on thyroid function, such as iodine, zinc, and selenium. So these should all be included when you look at the thyroid because they impact its ability to function. Now, if I just 
propose these things to you, if I just said, hey, what makes more sense, to do what I just said or to look only at, at one marker? Intuitively, everybody would say, probably, I can't speak for everyone, but most of you would probably agree that it makes sense to look at the thyroid, a complex system, at multiple steps. So why um, conventional physicians don't do this, I, it's not exactly clear to me. I think, um, honestly, I think it probably has something to do with the fact that testing the TSH is probably faster and quicker, um, and perhaps insurance doesn't pay for the time. I, I don't exactly know, but but here we are with, with the situation. So instead of focusing just on the TSH and maybe the free T4, um, it's worth looking at a more uh, complex array of, of testing here. So I've included them. The TSH, the total T3, the free T3, the free T4, reverse T3, uh, thyroid antibodies, and I didn't include them down here, but you could also look at um, zinc, iodine, and selenium as nutrients to determine um, how well the thyroid is functioning. Now, it's beyond the scope of our conversation here to um, discuss each of these uh, in detail and what they mean, but you, I provided, again, links here that you can go and, and read about each of these individual tests so you have a better understanding of what it is that they do. So testing is a huge, um, a huge uh, and important uh, tip here, so make sure that the doctor that you pick is willing to order these tests. Now, simply ordering the test is, is not enough by itself either. Um, because you really need to understand the interpretation of those of the tests once they've been ordered. So I have information on that as well here, but but again, that's sort of outside of the scope of what we're talking about here. Um, the next the next uh, thing I want to discuss, or the next tip, is your physician should understand that all patients are different and all patients are unique. And so some of this 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 logic, and again, this is, is perfectly logical. If, I, if I, we lined up a hundred people, we put them all in front of us, and we looked at each individual, um, hair hair length would be different, hair color would be different, eye color would be different, um, weight would be different. You know, the the amount of food that they consume each day would be different. You know, you, you could go on the, the thickness of their fingernails, the color of their skin, you know, their complexions. All of these things vary from individual to individual, and wouldn't doesn't it also make sense that the inside of their bodies are also different, right? So the if I gave if I gave uh, two people a thousand calories, it might be sufficient for somebody, and it might be insufficient for another person. And this is this is it shouldn't be a this shouldn't come as a surprise to you. It just makes sense. Now we can extrapolate that concept and apply it to thyroid function. And what I mean by that is we it should be fair to say that each person probably has a different. Um, uh, amount of, of thyroid function and a different requirement or demand for thyroid function in their body um, compared to the next person, especially since we know that uh, thyroid plays a very important role in the regulation of metabolism. So when we look at a person who's 200 pounds and a person who's 100 pounds, the person who's 200 pounds is obviously going to need uh, more uh, or have more metabolic function, which means that person probably has more uh, demand for thyroid hormone in their body compared to the person who weighs less. Again, it's just very, very straightforward. It's just the application of uh, physiologic ideas to to a easy to understand, um, sort of easy to understand level here. Um, but the idea is we're all genetically unique, and therefore each person is going to require different treatments. They're going to require different therapies. They're going to require different medications, and they might even require different medication doses. So when a doctor looks at you, it's kind of a bad sign if they apply the same template or the same algorithm they, that they applied to the last 1,000 people to you. Okay, So the idea here is that your treatment should be specific and, and unique and uh, individualized for you. Um, and one of the examples I use here is that um, it's 
probably not a, and I we talked about this previously with the tyrosine, but um, it's probably not a good idea, for instance, to use um, levothyroxine or or some other medication like Synthroid for on a patient who has known who is hypersensitive. Okay, so somebody who reacts to fillers and binders and other medications and other supplements and even lots of foods, it would make a lot more sense to just while you're discussing this with that patient to think about it and say, you know what, I'm probably not going to give you something that has a lot of fillers and dyes because you tend to react to these things. So instead, I'm going to use a medication that's a little bit cleaner like tyrosine. So these are not things that you should necessarily have to worry about. The doctor should just um, have an understanding and, and apply it going forward. So there's a lot of other uh, sort of things that fit into that category, um, but it's, it's worth mentioning here. Um, the next thing is your physician should have an understanding of other hormone systems in the body. So this is really important. Um, and unfortunately, I, you know, we have to bring it up because the way that, that doctors and, um, are trained, um, is in such a way that they are hyper specialized into one, uh, field of study. Now, what this means is they tend to be really good at, at this one area, but they tend to look at that, uh, the system, whatever system or organ system that they tend to be specialized in, um, at the exclusion of other systems in the body. So they, they fail, a lot of them fail to understand the implications that one therapy has on one system and how it impacts other, other hormone systems, um, or especially hormone systems, but other systems in general as well. So what we have here also is we have endocrinologists, which is a term meant to describe a doctor who deals with hormones. Now, you would just intuitively think that, well, that doctor probably knows a lot about hormones, but you would be incorrect in that assumption. Um, most endocrinologists have a very specialized understanding of usually the most common conditions um, that exist. And so that would be like hypothyroidism, but again, they have, they're trained in a very specific way, and usually something like diabetes, which, believe it or not, is also a, uh, a hormone disruption such as, uh, which, which occurs to, um, uh, or is the result of insulin resistance. So insulin is the hormone that they're dealing with there, and obviously thyroid hormone is the, the hormone that they're dealing with with hypothyroid patients. However, um, when, we, when we look at something like estrogen and progesterone, endocrinologists, even though they're hormone doctors, don't, generally don't touch estrogen and progesterone. So who does? Well, usually your OB-GYN, and even then, they're probably just going to prescribe um, birth control pills and things like that. So, but then what if you have an issue with testosterone? Well, who's actually prescribing the, t the testosterone? Not the endocrinologist. It's usually, if anything, a urologist. Okay, so now we're, we're bouncing around like crazy to all these different physicians, but not one of them is looking at the big picture. So when you go to a physician and you have your hormones evaluated, you want to make sure that this physician has an understanding of all hormone systems and somebody, and who, and that they, so when they give you a treatment, they can, uh, sort of predict what is going to happen to the other hormones and and uh, they're taking them to, into account. Now, I've specifically included here the estrogen progesterone uh, system and the balance between those two, testosterone levels, cortisol function, and insulin leptin. So from my experience, I think these, what, how many? One, two, three, four, five, six. These six hormones are probably the most important. And what I mean by important, there's lots of other hormones outside of these, but I think these probably have the most impact um, on other systems in your bodies. So they tend to, they tend to carry the most weight. So if you can fix those, those issues, then you'll probably be okay. Um, um, it'll, it'll clean up the other issues that you've been dealing with. But the, but the main thing is you need to also consider them when you're treating your thyroid because they're, they're, um, it's not a one way street. They both impact each other. And so the classic example I use, and I think I might have used it here is talking about the influence of cortisol on thyroid and thyroid on cortisol. So that it kind of goes both ways. It's a two way street there. Um, 
we kind of talked about this before, but I will go over it again um, right now. So number five is understanding the importance of thyroid antibodies. So the thyroid antibodies are, are if present in the in the blood, can be um, an early indication that you may have the autoimmune disease uh, that I was talking about, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, or any autoimmune thyroiditis. Hashimoto's just uh, one, uh, the name for one of them. Um, but but your doctor needs to understand that the diagnosis and the presence of thyroid antibodies in the setting of hypothyroidism is actually very important to identify. Um, and the reason for that is we know that having antibodies in the in the bloodstream is an indication that the disease is, is probably going on and is probably active. Now, the presence of those antibodies do not necessarily mean that you have an autoimmune disease. However, we do have studies and we do know that the presence of those antibodies, while they may not impact thyroid function right now, they could impact thyroid function later, but they also increase your risk for developing certain cancers and other medical conditions. So their presence is definitely important. If you had a marker in your blood that you could be easily tested that gave you a, a good idea if your risk of breast cancer was increased in 20 years, wouldn't you want to know about it? So obviously the answer is yes. Um, now most doctors will not order this test because they do not believe that it changes management. Um, and I don't think that, you know, it, that that's true because that's how they look at it, but that's not necessarily the way that they should be looking at it. So um, again, thyroid antibodies, I, I discuss them in more in detail in some of the links that are provided here. So definitely take a look at those if you have um, thyroid antibodies or you've been told you have Hashimoto's. So those are the tips that, the five tips, I guess, that I would, that you really need to be looking at um, when you when you try to find a doctor. Now the question is, how do you find a doctor who fits all those categories? Now that's not an easy thing to do. Uh, I, I admit that to you right away. Um, but I've come up with a couple tips that I think um, might be helpful in doing that. So one of the one of the things that you may have um, success doing is contacting local compounding pharmacies um, and asking for a list of doctors that prescribe bioidentical hormones. And that includes thyroid medication, but also things like testosterone, estrogen, and progesterone, and things like that. Now, bioidentical is different than other hormones because bioidentical is, uh, what it means is it's, this, it's the, um, the act of prescribing hormones that look identical to the hormones that your body produces naturally. So when I say that, you might think, well, of course, why would you use anything else? Well, the reason you would use something else is because the pharmaceutical companies um, create um, birth control pills and they create other things which are synthetic versions of natural hormones. And those are different than the bioidenticals. So most doctors are trained to use the synthetic hormones, not the bioidenticals. So if you can find a doctor who uses any of the bioidenticals, there's a good chance that they also have an understanding of other hormones that we've been talking about here today. Now, usually local compounding pharmacies will give you that information. Remember, there is a, I, I, I say compounding because I mean it, compounding pharmacies are different than your run-of-the-mill CVS or Wal or Target or Walmart pharmacies, pharmacist. So you need to contact a compounding pharmacy. Now you can do that just by typing into Google compounding pharmacy near me or something like that and it'll probably pop right up. Give them a call and they may or may not help you but at least it's worth a shot. Um, the other thing that you might have success using is the doctor directories from integrative and functional medicine training centers. Now these are hit or miss because you know, it's difficult to track the quality um, of the provider and, and how much uh, education they've received and things like that, but they might lead, at least might lead you down the trail. You want to, the other thing you can do is look for doctors who write blog posts, 
blog, blog posts or who have written books on the subject that you're looking for. So in this case, thyroid. So if you can find somebody that has a book on um, Amazon or in the library or something like that, there's a, and they've written about it, there's a good chance they have a solid understanding because it's difficult to write about things unless you really understand them. Um, you can sometimes use Facebook support groups for patient references. Um, there exist some directories online which, which have a list of doctors. Now, they tend to not be updated very much and, you know, it's, again, it's very hit or miss because some doctors are really good at treating one thing but not others. So, um, you know, take that into account, but you can still get some value doing that. Um, the other thing you can do is you can contact advanced laboratories, uh, testing centers and ask for a list of, do list of doctors who order their tests. So, um, some labs, um, such as a uh, Dutch testing for cortisol, um, any company that, that, uh, uses salivary, uh, cortisol testing, those type of tests, you might find a list of doctors who use them. And then you could kind of backtrack your way and say, well, this person probably knows something about, you know, thyroid or cortisol or something like that. Um, you can also call your local doctor offices and you can ask if the doctor present, I mean, you're obviously not going to get to talk to the doctor, but you can usually talk to um, the front desk and just say, hey, does this doctor prescribe NDT, which is natural desiccated thyroid, or do they use T3 such as lyothyronine or cytomel? And if they say no, or they, they look, you're, they won't look at you, but, but if they have no idea what you're talking about, then it's probably an indication that they don't. Um, and then you can also look for doctors who have certifications in anti-aging medicine, hormonal therapy, integrative medicine, or functional medicine. So again, not one of these is bet necessarily better than the others. Um, the reason is because conventional medicine, the training is very um, standardized, meaning when a doctor comes out of training, they're, they're going to treat the same way. And that's it's evidence. Uh, if, if you don't believe me, then just look at all the endocrinologists. They all treat the same way. Now, the problem is doctors who go out, of, who use these alternative training uh, centers, they're not all equally educated. Okay. So, so, or they may not necessarily believe in the education, whatever it is. I don't know. But the point is they're not all the same. So, um, then one is not necessarily better than the other. It's usually, uh, at the level of the doctor, um, you know, it, that you need to determine if they're good or not, but, but you can at least, again, use these things to get you on the right track. Um, so I talk a little bit about integrative and functional doctors here. Um, but I've kind of, uh, I went through that a little bit throughout the, um, this whole video here, so I won't talk too much about it. But integrative and functional medicine doctors are much more likely to prescribe medications that contain T3, such as NDT and T3 only medications. Um, however, these doctors tend to operate outside the insurance model, which means you may have to pay uh, cash and they're probably not going to accept um, insurance. Now, Many of you may benefit from these type of doctors, but you have to realize that there's going to be some pros and cons in using them. And usually the pros are all the things that we talked about in here. The cons would probably be cost. Okay, so you have to kind of think about these things. Now, conventional doctors still can work for a lot of people. Um, conventional doctors, in, I've included here as endocrinologists and uh, family practice doctors, these, these people, are they're not bad or anything like that. They just tend to treat in a specific way. So if you are somebody who, who fits into that standard paradigm, then you're probably going to do okay because you're going to get the T4 medication that you need. Now, I, you know, I, percentage wise, I don't know how many of you fall into that category or not. That Now, the chances are that you probably, if you're listening to this, then you probably do not because you wouldn't be looking for help otherwise, right? Um, but conventional endocrinologists, um, like I said, may provide relief to those who fit the standard thyroid treatment mold, but they're more resistant to prescribing anything but T4-only medications such as level thyroxine um, and Synthroid. So if you wanted, to, if you were looking to get natural desiccated thyroid or lyothyronine or maybe even tyrosine, 
that you might get some pushback or resistance there. Um, so I just want you to be armed with that information. So the bottom line is um, finding your doctor, finding the right doctor for you is incredibly important. Um, I, I can't express that enough to you. I think you should make sure that you spend a lot of time and energy trying to find this person because there's no substitute um, for a good doctor. That's the, the world of managing your thyroid is very complex. No amount of information that you read on the internet, no amount of videos that you watch, no amount of patient support groups that you, that you, uh, you know, keep an eye on. These are not substitutes for a good doctor. They might be able to help you feel a little bit better, but, um, the, the difference between getting somebody to help you who knows what they're doing is it, it really can be life changing in, in many instances. So I, I want you to, to realize that and, and spend some time, um, trying to find them. And that's, that's pretty much all I have to say here. So if you guys have any questions, um, please leave them uh, in the comment section below. I'll do my best to, to answer them. But also I would really like to, um, uh, ask you to, if you have, if you're working with somebody that you know is good or have other uh, resources, please put that in the comment section as well. Um, because you never know, there's a lot of people who read these things. Um, they may find a lot of benefit or from your, from your suggestion and they may even live near you. I've actually had that happen before on my blog. So, so please uh, do leave that comment, um, to help the other people who, who stand in need of, of that, of that help. Um, and we can kind of all hopefully try and, uh, help each other in that way. So again, leave any, any questions or comments and uh, otherwise I'll see you guys in the next video.